0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud. I'm your host, Dominic Rainey. Our uh, regular host, N- T- Nicole Toptash, is, is out again today, so uh, we miss you today, Nicole. And uh, we, have, uh, we have two guests lined up today. We have uh, John Carter with, uh, he is the president of Carter Brothers, and I understand John is uh, probably going to be calling in from a uh, remote location today. Yeah, so first for your show, Dominic. Uh, apparently he is stranded in, I think, New York because of all the snow, so he's going to be calling in or scheduled to call in. Uh, we're trying to reach out to him and uh, hopefully have him on the show today. Okay, that's Mike Salmon, our producer, so uh, Mike, let us know when he calls in. Yep, you, you may hear me, like, uh, you know, throw the headsets down and then pick up the phone and all that, get them patched in, but uh, we'll be good to go. Our second guest today is uh, Billy Hall, and he is the CEO with a company called Newfields Companies. So welcome to the show. Uh, thank Billy. you. I'm and, delighted uh, to be here. Yeah, great. We're glad to have you here. Um, so uh, why don't you start us off, Billy? Tell us about Newfields Companies uh, and what you do there. It's an interesting name, I'll say, uh, Newfields with an S.
1: Well, it had, uh, the Newfields was very intentional that we selected a uh, when we started the company back in 1995, uh, we are a consultancy in engineering and science, and we grew out of a program that I had started with a uh, professor at Georgia Tech. When I was with a previous consultancy at Dames & Moore, they were an international engineering and science firm. And starting in the uh, 19 late 1980s, 1990s, Dr. Rouhani and I realized that what, what we were primarily dealing with was the uh, environmental impairment uh, trying to resolve the impact of environmental contamination that occurred dating back primarily to World War II up through the 50s, 60s, and 70s, before we really knew the impact of our industrial practices, and there was a great deal of effort through the 80s to try to start dealing with that, with the various laws that came in place. And what Dr. Honey and I perceived is that there's a huge amount of money being wasted huge amount and very little being accomplished and what was accomplished was very slow and it was largely driven by the difficulty of managing large volumes of data to be able to find what really is 71%. the impact of, uh, of an event, a contamination from an old manufacturing facility or a burst tailings dam that flooded thousands of acres, you know, what really was the impact and how to clean it up and what Dr. Honey brought to the table He was one of the the leading uh, developers of special engineering statistical techniques that had been used for decades in the mining industry to find profitable ore. To use the same to try to determine what was the impact of environmental contamination in the environment, and we had developed a program. And then uh, within our Dame's and Moore, he was still a professor at Tech. And then we started the firm in 1995 with a very intentional selection of the name Newfields, that there was a better way to approach these large-scale resource management problems uh, with applying uh, big data management techniques, that much, much more effective way of dealing with a company's liabilities and, at the front end, dealing with better resource management.
0: So it wasn't really, a, you know, a high-risk move uh, to go away from the traditional uh, engineering consulting business
1: well, moving away from the traditional consulting business was actually a huge it 's why our business has grown so rapidly is that we fill a niche that doesn 't exist uh, that the tendency within the consultancy environment is continuing consolidation with the idea of economy of scale but the problem you have with that is that you develop the, the tendency is to develop silos whereas you move from different disciplines all the different um, scientific and engineering disciplines tend to be delivered in silos. What we provide for our clients is the ability to look at your problem strategically and not be focused on specific tactics, that uh, a specific way of dealing with large-scale agricultural irrigation, for example, but instead step back and say, all right, what do we need to develop accurate feedback signals to where we're not coming up with a one size fits all solution but instead the solution is creating a way to be able to understand your data and react rapidly to your data so we're approaching these large resource scale issues as a system rather than as a one size box that you fit everything into but what it requires is to be very nimble on your feet to be able to handle huge volumes of data rapidly and then turn that into actionable intelligence for your clients. Well, Billy, you, you've, you've experienced a lot of
0: growth. I mean, this is a, this company is now what 350 employees and 18 to 20 years in business uh, by doing things differently. Uh, you know, that's. Uh, I mean, can you can you tell us how companies uh, you know can foster
1: uh, a culture of innovation? That's a great question because the. The world is moving, the the technological advances and the ability to create actual intelligence. In our business, what we provide for clients is taking data and knowledge and creating actual intelligence. This information has to flow up to the CEO of a mining company. How is he going to develop his mind? What mitigation measures will he take? How does he move the ore? All these questions that he has, or a large-scale agricultural business, or a petrochemical company that is dealing with a huge release, like the BP uh, Deepwater Horizon release. How do you move this, this torrent of information up to a decision maker where he can make a decision, what do I do to respond? Now, to be able to stay on top of that the the marriage of experience which is you, you can't replace you know i've been in the business forty years and what i know about how the world works i just can't transfer that immediately to a guy who's twenty years old or twenty nine years old or thirty one years old however that guy who's thirty one years old he's the one that is going to create the innovation to find a better way for me to do what i do So empowering your creative people, and then getting out of their way. And with with our structure, that has been the, the key to what we've done, and that is decentralized decision-making, remove hierarchy. We have no hierarchy. Within our company, I, anybody you – know, the, the receptionist can walk in my office at any time. Anybody can call me. If you've got an idea, it's completely open and we've completely decentralized between our different practice areas between we have about a dozen different practice areas forensic chemistry uh, ecological forensics uh, hydrogeology various engineering fields That the decision making on our groups is decentralized to them that the reason we are new new fields companies we actually have a very creative structure that has been the key that has been two keys to our growth one is We both decentralize our management and we give control of the value that people produce down to the local level. We are actually a combination, we are actually companies as a holding company. We have a partnership relationship with each of our major operating groups. So we really consist of 18 different companies. And what we have is a very clear formula of what portion of the income comes up to companies that we use to operate on and pay our cost and then the rest stays at the local pot it's their decision on how they distribute it so there's a high level of incentive second thing we've done is we have companies has a, a group that's a research and development group that we fund we fund out of our profit that companies makes and it's staffed with young people. We find young people in each one of our operating groups, which are called pods, that bright young people. We, they do an internship of one to two years in this research and development group, knowledge management group. And their task is to develop new technologies and then be carriers, carry it, to come into this group and then carry a boon back to their local pod as they develop this network of other bright people around the firm so that we're able to pass technology rapidly as it's developed. The brain trust. It's a brain trust and what's really has worked fantastic with it is that it's connected with delivery. It's applied research and de- de- applied research and development that it is getting signals from the marketplace rapidly. What's working, what's not working, and it's marrying the older people who are experienced with the younger people who have the creativity. So Billy when when
0: it comes to this uh you know, innovative thinking and, and direction and, and that you guys are taking, a, you know, is it easier for a small company to, to, to innovate or, versus a big company? Are they actually that more, more nimble, or do you have to have the resources to
1: do that? I can speak from my experience. And the smaller, the smaller company, it definitely you're always facing the problem of resources. Now we're fortunate enough that being a consultancy, we have, we have high margin because we, we operate more like a law firm, actually, than an uh, engineering firm. So we're able to afford. We're able to self-fund. Clearly, funding is, is an issue for most small companies. However, my absolute conviction is that the smaller companies can be much more nimble that they can react much more quickly and from personal experience from being in a large consultancy, uh, Dames & Moore when I left was about 7,000 people and we work extensively with these large consultancies now 30, 40, 50,000 people my experience is we can be vastly more nimble because the connection between there's no hierarchy the connection between that 30 year old who has a great idea and me the connection is tight so there's there's no, four, there's not four levels of decision making that you have to go through. The decision making can be made in five minutes. It's a good idea. Let's do it.
0: Well, once you subscribe to it, there's no turning back.
1: Oh, there's no way I would. You know, we, we get. It's a a more pro- exciting, right? Well, it, it's it's exciting. It's freeing. And my conviction is that if you are, if you are creative and you are sensitive to the market you will be rewarded financially. But the key, one of the, the keys is this is something I tell all all the young folks that join us. Say, Look we, when you land a new job never think oh man we're gonna be able to make a lot of money off of this. If you ever start thinking that way the model falls apart. Your first thought was man can we do something really really cool for this client. That has to be your first thought. The money will take care of itself. If you, The idea is you get a great opportunity, you overdeliver. you do something that blows their pants off, then you know, the, the money's going to take care of itself. The key is what is going to be the value proposition that the market wants and they'll respond to. Billy, let's
0: talk a little bit about environmental protection. What are some of the technological advances that are changing the field of what are elect- the, environmental
1: protection? One of the, the, the key things that's happening, and this is both in environmental protection, and I use it, there's two two aspects of this. One is resolving the past problems, because we have a, a legacy of the the activities that were engaged that people didn't realize how serious it was with the way we handled our solid, liquid, and air waste. And we dumped a lot of stuff into our environment over many, many years. So there's that aspect of it. Then the, the other, so cleaning that up, how do you manage that in a way that is is economical and it's it's protective of the environment, but it's also recognizing we're in a system. It's got to be protective of our economy, too. Then the other aspect is how do we not make those mistakes in the future? How do we manage our resources better? The changes that are rapidly coming upon us is the capacity to create rapid signals and real-time feedback. I mean, for example, let's take something that everybody could relate to. A um, your irrigation system at your house. You know we know that we are in uh, we go through per- periodic drought conditions well the capacity exists now to on a wireless system have soil monitors that may cost 20 bucks tied right into your um, irrigation system tied into the uh, MET data and your system doesn't cut on until the soil moisture drops below nineteen percent and there's no prediction of rain for two days and you cut your your water use sixty seventy percent same thing uh... you know so the the ability to move data rapidly machine to machine communication the ability to move this data wirelessly into analytical tools the platforms that's a key thing we can generate trillions, trillions of bits of data, but it doesn't do you any good if you can't analyze it, if you can't somehow create form out of that void or out of that torrent of data for actual intelligence.
0: Take the, take the scientific part and make it meaningful. Right. Exactly,
1: Exactly. Being able to take this, this flood of information and create meaning out of it for a decision making. And the decision maker, it may be automated, where the decision maker is a monitor that cuts on or off, or the decision maker may be a CEO, that he has to process this huge amount of information, and he's got maybe 20 minutes for this decision. So being able to move, the, the key change is creating real-time signals, and being, first is creating those signals, then, or creating it, and being able to separate the signals from the noise to be able to make rational and sound decisions that are approached as a system rather than I make this decision, then I walk away. no recognizing that every decision you make, it creates a whole new set of realities, and then you need to be able to, the ability to respond to those new realities in real time is where the power is coming from
0: we're listening to Billy Hall, the CEO with new new fields companies Billy, uh, you mentioned a lot of David move, moving a lot of data, so uh, big data is a bit is a buzzword out there um, so can you, can you tell us how a business
1: can manage the use of big data? Well, the, the big data here is of no value without the tools to extract knowledge or actionable intelligence from that big data. The experience in our business, especially at the front end planning for large-scale resource development, a large mine in Papua New Guinea or a huge natural gas Uh, feel in um, Nambia all this information that is gathered the tendency is for that information to go into reams of documents or spreadsheets or databases the the platforms now that are coming about and a lot of these platforms they first started in the financial industry uh, in fact PayPal was the origin of uh, because of their huge problem of To develop a profitable business model, they had to deal with fraud. And I think the numbers were they made something like $0.08 per transaction, and fraud cost them $0.11 per transaction. So they had to deal with it. But to do that, you had to sift through vast volumes of data to find the patterns of where the fraud was occurring and then preempt it. Those same tools have migrated uh, into our our security apparatus. (laughs) There's (laughs) lots of news about NSA. But those same tools are migrating over into, they can be migrated. We're right at the cusp of it, over into these natural resource areas. And then when natural resources, I'm talking about air, water, food, um, that, and land, that you have a similar type of flood of information. It's trailing uh, because in those areas of practice, it's not like um, the, the – it's taking longer for that to happen but it's beginning to happen of those platforms of how to rapidly assess data and create patterns out of it are beginning to move over into these to me actually much you know extraordinarily important of how we manage our our basic resources that we need to survive
0: Billy we're we're, you know we're constantly making things better faster smarter less expensive we leverage technology you know every day to make and improve processes and you know we're we're all striving to do more with less. Can you can you tell 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 me about a, a recent project that that or a problem that your company uh, actually did those things, made it bigger, better, faster,
1: okay, more good, efficient. A good example, one that we're we're still working on. This was a major petrochemical company that they had divested a pesticide business. They had 240 sites in 70 different countries. When they divested the company, they went through their due diligence, and there were a fair number of the, the sites that had some remnant problems uh, with the manufacture of these pesticides. They had uh, manufacturing and formulating at various locations. They thought they had it under control. Then they had a site in a Latin American country that suddenly it, it came to their awareness that there were problems... Of some of the remnant pesticides that had gotten into the groundwater had gotten into adjacent properties and had gotten into people's wells. And this data had been flowing in for some years, but because of the huge amount of data coming in, it hadn't been noticed. Well, the company, this has been a long-term client of ours, they contacted us and said, we've, we've got 240 sites. And we have, we thought our liability in this portfolio was set. We'd done all of our reserves. Now this one site that we thought was going to be a couple of million dollars to finish, it now looks like it's going to be hundreds of millions. We've got 240 sites. How many of these might we have the same problem that comes flowing out of the woodwork? So we applied these concepts of rapidly managing big data, both uh, you know, rapidly doing a deep dive into their files. We put a crew together of five guys, and we parachuted into the Netherlands and went into their file archives. We spent six weeks building databases for the what we call unstructured data, which is documents and such, and structured data, which is the data, and then rapidly applied the statistical tools that we have and the management platforms to ferret out where were what were the priorities, what were the sites that were likely to be the key problem. And from that, we we're able to provide focused where we're we, and there were probably about another 20 of their sites that would have turned into a similar problem. But by preemptive measures, we were able to put, you know, get onto the sites, identify where the potential problems were, and get out in front of the, both the reality of making sure it's cleaned up and there's no risk pathways completed, but also getting out in front in the interaction with the community. So the community doesn't feel blindsided, and the narrative gets taken over by those who aren't really interested in a resolution but are instead interested in what money they can extract out of the company. Sounds uh, adventurous. Uh, you, you, you carried a backpack in here. Uh, well a uh,
0: CEO with a suit and a backpack.
1: Uh, and in my car is my field clothes ready to go at a moment's notice. Uh, so you never know where you're going to go. That. Uh, what was six, about nine months ago, we had a major project in Novambergo, Brazil, where we had, as another site that we had stepped in, it, it had badly gone astray in the way they were doing the cleanup. We stepped in on a, on a very quick emergency program, and during the course of it, we were doing a major excavation in a, in a lake that we were having to get contaminated sediments out. And at, at one point, I and all, all my, my, my other three partners in Brazil were out in the middle of the lake standing on the sandbags holding up, holding up uh, uh, filter cloth to try to keep the contamination from moving. And our, our client, it's major client, a um, major pharmaceutical, had never seen that before, never seen the CEO of the company leap into the breach when, uh, when the problem occurred. So that's, that is the, the structure of our company, that we're all in it together.
0: Get your hands dirty if you have to. You, you
1: get your hands dirty, and you don't ask anybody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. I've heard that before from someone. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story.
0: That's good, good stuff. We're listening to Billy Hall. He's the CEO with Newfields Companies. Uh, Billy, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how uh, companies can
1: get a hold of you, if they
0: want to get in touch with you,
1: how you work with, uh, with your clients? well the you know we, our webpage dot com, and then of course uh, you can call us in our Atlanta office or check us out on the webpage we've got locations in about 18 different locations have offices in uh, England China and Brazil uh, project office in South Africa and the you know our client client base we Our client base is predominantly Fortune 500 companies, but we work extensively for international organizations, World Health Organization, uh, I mean, the the multiple international groups. But we also work a lot for NGOs. Uh, Each one of our local offices has a a thriving local clientele. We we work for um, a fair number of local companies that are dealing with you know, we, we we're not a well suited company. If you have a corner service station, you need to yank a tank. You know, we're we're that we're not a, we're not a cost efficient of that. But if you've got a corner service station that suddenly people think that you've contaminated two thousand homes, that's the kind of problem that you know we'll we'll help you navigate how to get out of that. How do you find young talent, and how do they get in touch with you? The we have s- several strategies that we do. For our, we have relationships with major universities, uh, both in the East Coast and the West Coast, and in Boston. Well, that's the East Coast, too, because many of our senior people are, have very long standing relationships. We have a fair number of ex-professors in our organization. The other thing we do for international practice is we sponsor um, study abroad or international students in various universities, and then bring them on as interns. And and that's how we've completely staffed several of our international offices is with individuals that have been trained here in the U.S., uh, nationals trained here. We get them into the New Fields way, and then they go back to their home country. Excellent, excellent.
0: Mike, how are we doing on time? You're doing good. Uh, I think your next guest is uh, lined up, ready for you to go. Okay, great. Well, Billy, thank you so much for your time and uh, all that you do to make the world better. Uh, Thank you. enjoyed it. Glad to have you here. Uh, next up on our on our program is John Carter. He is the CEO of Carter Brothers Security Services. John, are you out there in Snowville?
2: Yes, sir. How you doing?
0: Oh, we're doing great. Technology works.
2: Yeah, technology does work. I got to tell you, I'm, 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 it, 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 that's, you're putting me behind a tough guy to follow follow the uh, you know kind of the business that he just built. So. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do my best, but i'm I'm looking forward to talking to you guys so sorry I couldn't be there in studio with you um uh, and and at some point down the road, maybe we can get that done but uh no i'm I'm looking forward to the opportunity to talk to you guys talk about Carter brothers and um and i'm obviously we're we're looking forward to our continued growth so um
0: well, the profiles aren't that much different, you know, starting from uh nothing you uh, know really as a small company and building it like you have. Tell us a little bit about Carter Brothers and uh, what you guys are doing and uh, how you got there.
2: Yeah, uh, well, you, well, you know, Carter Brothers basically uh, was started in, uh, in, back in, the, uh, like, 99. And uh, me and Chris really formulized, formulized our formula for building the business was is we wanted to kind of look at businesses that, you know, the industries that were extremely fragmented. Um, I came from the construction world. Obviously, my brother Chris was running up and down football fields. Um, Chris gave me a challenge one day basically saying, you know, hey, you know, you've, uh, you, I've seen you go build other companies. Can you do it for, for ourselves? Um, I kind of looked at Chris like he was relatively crazy, um, and, 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 and said, you know, well, I'm not sure that a partnership between the two of us would work. But, you know, ultimately, you know, what we did is, is, uh, we found a great partner in Tyco, uh, in Tyco ADT. Um, they had a weakness that was in the construction market. I had a huge construction background um, and understood the marketplace very well. Uh, we had a great mentor and a guy named Mike Snyder, um, you know who's the president and CEO of ADT back then. And uh, it allowed us to enter into a partnership um, you know kind of with a lot of speed and gain a lot of momentum. You know so when we looked at it, we just looked at the security market as a whole. and uh, you know and as you as you think about it today, um, back when we got into the industry, the largest player in the industry was 10 times larger than 2 through 20 combined. That's
0: totally you know, that's and then right. And everybody
2: else was kind of two men in a pickup truck kind of businesses. So, you know, it, to us, it was, a, it was a great industry to go into, a great partnership, um, you know, with, with ADT, and, uh, and being able to take our brand with Carter Brothers and our construction knowledge and partner with their expertise in the security space. You know, was a great fit for both sides.
0: John, uh, tell tell us a little bit about your, your business model there at Carter's Brothers. Um, you know, what makes you different? What's you know what's well,
2: I think the thing that I think the thing that makes us different more than anything else is, is uh, we have the ability to to act with speed. We have the ability to bring a full service turnkey solution to customers. So whether it be you know you know if a customer wants to um, kind of upgrade their security and they're also looking for um, things around internet, things around the electrical space, um, you know things that had to do with with uh, the protection of fire and those things, what we wanted to do is just bring them a full service solution to their you know, to their needs in the electronic security and electrical space. Um, in the you know it, you know since the since the time that we. Started the business in '99. We've done two acquisitions. Um, we're working on a third acquisition. I'm sorry, a fourth acquisition right now um, that we'll probably announce at some point next week. Um, and then I think what we'll do is, is is at that point we'll really be able to what we think is give the customer a, a, a fully integrated um, high and low voltage. Um, kind of capacity that we think the industry is just absolutely, you know, in need of.
0: We're listening to John Carter with John Carter with Carter Brothers uh, Security. John, uh, with all that uh, growth, multiple units, operating units, uh, national pre- presence, maintaining, uh, you know, consistency can be a challenge. How how do how do you ensure that everyone stays on the same page there at Carter Brothers?
2: Well, I, I, you know, I, I think that's what, you know, my job is. I, I, think my job is to make sure that I'm delivering, uh, the right message that people, um, you know, whether it be in remote locations or other states or other offices, that they don't find themselves, you know, on an island, that, that you know, that they know that they're a part of, of something bigger, um, that they understand kind of the direction of the business and, uh, and, and where that direction can go. And then, by the way, the opportunities that come with, with the directions that were taken. So um, you know, I've been fortunate enough um, that that you know most ninety nine percent, and I I'd probably say the only reason I'm I'm a little hesitant about paying a hundred, but ninety nine percent of the people that have worked that worked for Carter Brothers have either been to my house, spent time with me, you know, they've been around my family, so they understand what we're trying to do, and I think that's I think that's critical. I mean, I think that that people are are looking. To be involved in something that is that that has the that may be bigger or bring a greater opportunity than what they currently do themselves, and I think that that's something that Carter Brothers has been able to do. You know, with the number of its employees, with the number of its subcontractors, and I think we've been given those opportunities from a number of our partners. Um, so as we look at kind of a growth model of of you know of how we're going to grow our business, we're going to grow internally where we're going to grow our talent. Uh, we're going to grow our, our talent that they can take on more and understand more. And, uh, and, and you know, from a growth standpoint, when we look at businesses, we look at businesses that complement what we do and businesses that we think that our customers looking for.
0: Sounds like a secret sauce.
2: You know, I, I'm not really sure that, that I would call it a secret sauce. I think that you know, I think that I've had the opportunity to have some fantastic mentors, and you know, in, you know, in my life. So, And I think that they've, they've taught me a number of different things about, you know, about building businesses. But the thing that they've consistently taught me across the board is, you know, communication, communication, communication. So I think that when I look at our people and our talent, I've never been scared to hire people that are smarter than me. I think that what, what that gave me, gave me the ability to do is pick a lot of people's brains and, and bring all of those things to bear, and I think that, you know, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty decent storyteller, so I think that I can take our story, bottle it up, and deliver it to, you know, a you know, the, the, the group as a whole, and, you know, I think it makes everybody understand kind of direction and where we're going. And, again, I think that that's a, you know, I, I think that's critical. Um, you know, someone told me years ago that, um, you know, that, that that they've never seen a, 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 a bad horse win the Kentucky Derby. So I think you got to go get thoroughbreds. You know, I think you got to go get talented people. I think you got to go get talented people that want more out of their lives. I think you got to get talented people that bring, you know, excitement, that bring new ideals, um, that are willing to challenge, you know, you in where you're looking to grow your business but understand but have the talent that when a decision is made get on board and let's drive the deal home so i i think that i've been extremely fortunate when it comes to that
0: and how do you measure success john
2: well, well i don't i don't i don't know you that you know that, that i measure success kind of like like other people do i don't um I don't look at our, at our numbers as, you know, kind of, you know, top line and those things. And, you know, I, I think I measure success um, by what our customers tell us. I think I, you know, you know I was talking to a customer on, on Monday, and he was telling me about an issue that, that, that uh, he was having. And, you know, and, and I said, well, let, you know, listen, why don't you think about this? Why don't you think about wh- how you're going to fix that? And then I want you to think about the guy that I have next to you already, and tell me if that guy can fix that issue. And the guy called me back an hour and a half later and said, "We just unposted the position. We're going to hand this to your guy and let him push this through." And I, and I said to him, "Well, can I ask you how'd you get to that? You know, how'd you get to that? You know, conclusion?" And he said, "Well, candidly, you just made me look at it differently." And I think that that's how you really can measure success, that, that, that you know, your customer um, believes in you enough to allow you to take on more things, to take on more responsibilities. You know, I tell my people all the time, what I want to do is give them more tools in their tool belt. So we started off doing camera systems. Then we started doing card access systems. <clears throat> you know, then we started looking at burglar alarms larger systems from a commercial standpoint, high-rises, industrial plants, um, large manufacturing. Then we started looking at, at, at the fire component. We acquired a business from General Electric. You know, you know, we built that business up. You know, that business we sold last year to another major conglomerate. Um, you know, now we're looking at our current security, you know, business. We have a large partnership with AT&T. We're taking that partnership along with the new acquisition of now branching off into the electrical space. You know, I think that, you know, when I look at the electrical space today, you know, there's a couple things that I, that I don't see. There's a lot of fragmentation in, in, in the space. And then two is I don't see a, 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 a large minority in, in the space. So I think with my current base and the company that I'm moving forward with, I think that I will, will become an immediate player in the electrical services space, power distribution, um, overall electrical service maintenance, um, you know, again, industrial. So I think I'm just kind of taking my plan and 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 just putting it in another space, you know, and, and, and kind of regurgitating, regurgitating what we had done before.
0: Well, John, you uh, you cover a lot of turf there. Um, what what is your uh, speaking of turf? Your geographic. Uh, um, area for and what do you cover? What's your footprint look like at Carter Brothers?
2: You know what I what I would tell you is we're we're we we're, we're, I mean, we're a really good super regional. Um, I mean we're operating in about thirty different states around the country. We do a couple. We have a couple global opportunities that that you know that we're currently involved in. But you know what what what, what we again what, what we'll do and and what I think is extremely critical, and you'll hear me continue to say it is if my customer says hey I need you to go here and I'm going to go there with my customers. You know, I don't believe that, 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 that all customers are, are great customers. I believe there's customers. I believe there's customers who become partners. You know, and I believe that there's people that you do work for. You know, so, you know, you know, our, you know our, our big mission statement that we say is building lasting relationships with integrity and excellence. And I think that says a lot because most people say, well, what does that have to do with the fire and security space? Well, what I, what I want to do is build relationships with people that when they have a, a, a low-voltage or high-voltage need, that they think about us. And if they think about us, then I'm going to be the guy they call. And if they, and if they call on me and they know they can rely on me, then that's the customer that's going to take me to other places. That's the customer that's going to tell a friend about, hey, have you ever done work with you know, Carter Brothers? So those, I, I think we've grown a lot through word of mouth. I think we've, I think we've grown a lot through, you know, the the, the, the platform, the talented people that we put in place, and I and I, I think as we continue to grow the business, you know, I, I you know I, I see this as an opportunity that I can you know I can bring kids um, uh, along, I can go into to markets that that, that I don't see a lot of. Um, um, minorities um, in. I don't see a lot of women in the space. I have a I have a fantastic partnership uh, with IPT. Um, so I'm one of their national spokesmen. I, I we do training with them, um, and and it gives me the ability to help uh, give people opportunities that I don't think they would have gotten, um, you know, in, in another marketplace. You know, so we're pretty excited about you know you know what we're doing. Where we're going, the opportunities that are out there. I think the market's coming back. Um, you know, when I think about today, you know, th- you know, things that that I'm excited about, things that that um, um, that, that, that that we have done, that I would be pr- really proud about. You know, we we were able to grow 22 percent um, during this tough economy. That's you know, we we grew a business, we we sold a business. Um, we're acquiring a business, and as we come out of this tough, you know, the, you know, kind of the economy that we've seen in, in eight, nine, 10, you know, eleven, you know, so on and so forth. I think that when I when I look at the business that we built, I'm probably proudest of the what we did kind of through that time. And and I you know I, I tell people all the time, you know, tough times don't last; tough companies do. You know, and I, and I think you can pick up the Wall Street Journal every day and look at the financial balance sheet of some of these huge companies, and you will see how drastically they've changed, you know, during this time period. It, it, it made people focus on their business. It made people, you know, say, hey, we're, we have to do more with less. It, 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 the best and brightest stood up kind of during this time frame. You know, and I, I get you know some companies didn't survive it, but but what I what I also get is at the same time, is you know the, the companies that were prepared, the companies that had the talent, the companies that communicated the right message, they came through this. So you know when, I, when you know when asked about you know kind of one of our one of our greatest accomplishments, that would have to be it. I mean, the ability for you know a, you know a business that's you know 15 years old. Um, a little less than 15 years old, um, coming through the economy that that we had as a small business, and then being able to grow out of it, and and look for new opportunities. Um, and, and and again, I think I'm I'm proud of, you know you know the employee, of you know, how, how we you know hire people. Uh, I'm proud of the direction that you know that my people take when it comes to, you know, um, hiring you know people that have military experience people that are coming out of the war, um, you know, where, where they give you know, women and other minorities opportunities. So, you know, I, I, when I look at our business today, you know, I, I, I think uh, things look bright for our future if, if we stay, you know, kind of stay the course. Well, so I don't know if it's a secret sauce or not. Um, what I think <laughs> is I think we have a plan. I think uh, that, that plan, um, you, you know, we're going to stick with. Um, I think that, you know, I think that plan... Um, um puts us in a position that uh you know we can build a you know another business uh you know that that um, that will provide you know opportunities and a service inside of the community um that I, that me and Chris are really proud of
0: well John when you get back to the ATl we need to get you in the studio here uh, that would be an exciting day i'm sure and uh, we appreciate you going the extra mile. Uh, uh, you know, oh, no problem. Uh, by uh, you know doing the call in, this is a first for for us, for me. Uh, so we we you know getting hit by the weather there and getting your plane canceled and all, but uh, doing this by uh, remote is been, that says a lot. And uh, I don't know if you carry a backpack like uh, Billy Hall, uh, but I like CEOs that carry backpacks. Uh, I like that. But anyway, uh, why don't you tell our listeners how they can reach you? know,
2: out? You, know the, you know the difference is I actually carry two. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I used to carry a briefcase, but for some reason that briefcase didn't carry all the stuff that I needed. So uh, I actually carried two. So it's, uh, but no, it. So, I, again, I I heard the story. I I think it was a fantastic story. You know, and I think as you you look at, you know, you, you know, I guess to a certain extent, the businesses kind of mirror each other coming through, you know, the you know the the economy and what kind of what's going on. Um, you know, I'm glad you guys took time to kind of, you know, to, to, to seek companies like ours out, you know, to let us tell our story. So uh, I greatly appreciate the time. Um, I would love to come in studio at some point. Um, you know, I, I, I have a passion about radio, um, um, you know, candidly. At some point in my future, I, I, I really see myself as, um, as wanting to do a radio show and to talk about small business and growth and, and you know a million other things that I think I haven't you know kind of kind of locked in my head. Um so I I'm, I'm glad that I was able to do it. So thanks again for you guys' time.
0: Well, if if having a good strong voice is uh, is an indicator you've got you you you'll hit a home run in radio.
2: I appreciate
0: it. Tell our listeners how they can reach out to your company.
2: Well, www.carterbrothers.com. Um you know our phone number is uh, 404-763-6552. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, look at our website, understand a little bit about what we do. I think we've made some announcements. We're involved in charities, uh, whether it's, you know, the homeless or domestic violence or educating kids. Um, you know, you know, we believe in, 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 giving back, um, you know, some of the things that we've been given. Um, I look forward to kind of, uh, hearing from people and, um, you know, again, when I get back in town at some point in the future, I'd love to come in studio and talk a little bit more.
0: Thank you, John Carter. We appreciate it. Have a safe trip home.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. Thank you to our guests today from Carter Brothers. You just heard John Carter, the CEO, and from Newfields Companies, Billy Hall. And uh, we appreciate you both for being with us today. I'm Dominic Rainey with CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to provide day-to-day support for their IT infrastructure and cloud solutions. To listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to SilverLiningBusinessRadioX.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to managing your IT infrastructure support and cloud solutions, CDI Managed Services is your Silver Lining in the Cloud.